I V M. Hello and welcome to the Habit Coach podcast. I am Ashton Doctor, your Habit Coach, and today we have a very interesting episode. It's an episode very close to my heart because I love the concept of movement, exercise, fitness, and we have a expert with us about movement. We have Sora with us in the studio, and we're going to be talking about the different kinds of movement. And if you're not a mover, how to start moving now? So, Sora, welcome to the Habit Coach podcast. Thank you so much. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Like what? Well, I was a lawyer for 15 years. Different life altogether back then. And fitness and movement and and training and sport has been a passion of mine since I was a little kid. Were you a fit lawyer? I would like to think so. Uh, <laughs> so it was I always a part li- of you. I definitely liked it. I mean, it's it's been a part of me since I was 12 years old. Okay. I started playing cricket at a really young age, and my dad kind of took me to my first cricket practice. Now, certain things you're born with, right? Talent you're born with. Fitness you're not born with. You have to work on it, and that's why I respect people who are really fit because they've worked on themselves day in day out for a really long period of time. So for me, it was always about movement. It was always about having fun. It was always about kind of. staying as active as possible it didn't really matter what you look like for me that's been the most important so thing so it wasn't so, an aesthetic goal it was more a practical aspect of it it's never been aesthetics for mm-hmm. me for me it's always been about is it functional am i able to make use of it in my day to day life am i working well with it that's all that matters to me so yeah 15 years of being a lawyer always passionate about fitness always passionate about movement passionate about sport and i wanted to do something with my passion i think you live two lives in my case i'm living two lives my first life was what society wanted me to do or what everyone thought was the right thing to do growing up as a small little parsi boy in bombay and this life that i'm living right now is the life i've always wanted to live so i'm following my heart and doing things that that i wanted to do since i know maybe 10 years 20 years now and what did it start off with what was was there an inciting incident was there something that happened that made you decide to change well it's been something that's been on the back of my mind for a really long time the incident or the thing that actually made me switch it's really funny i was working in a law firm in india and my managing partner took me out for lunch now when your managing partner takes you out for lunch in a law firm either you're getting sacked or you're getting a promotion <laughs> and making the next partner so we went for lunch and we were talking about me being the next capital markets partner in the firm and what needed to kind of go in with it and what was expected of me and just before i went for that lunch one of my juniors in the team quit because it was too much for her work hours were crazy corporate lawyers don't have a life and i've lived it for 15 years so i know we don't have a life when you see on tv and all those shows yeah, and and i always tried to kind of make her understand that this was normal it was fine and after a point when i kind of went for that lunch and we were having that conversation i said so you know what we're going to put you up as the next partner and these are the things we expect you to do i felt empty i felt like is this what i kind of worked 20 years for is this what i struggled all these years for it didn't make me happy what the picture i had in my head when i was going to make partner was i'm going to be ecstatic it's going to be great it's going to feel like you know celebrating i just didn't even hear him i was in a different world in a different zone that made me realize that i was doing something i didn't really like and that was it i had to move and i remember going back to him and saying <laughs> i want to quit and he's like what is it do you want more money are you going to another firm i said no i'm just done with the law and no one believed me at that point in time but i was genuinely done with that life so that was it amazing then what was the next step how did it go into the next transition i didn't have a next step that was the best part i've always so kind of lived on without instinct. a plan i quit without a plan hmm. i knew i was going to get into fitness mm-hmm. i knew i was going to get into training i knew i wanted to help people that was where my passion lay in trying to make people better and 
I didn't have a business plan. Mm-hmm. I know all my friends kind of went into businesses and life and and said that business plan, PPT, this presentation. I didn't have anything. Mm-hmm. I just knew I wanted to do something really, really badly. And I met one of my mentors or one of the people I kind of look up to a lot is a gentleman called Ajay Piramal. And there is another lady who's helped me through this entire journey, and her name's Delna Avari. And both of them told me one thing: is like just follow your heart, just deal with it. And I never wanted to live with regrets ever in my life. So I asked my parents, I asked my wife. My wife had to support me because it would be really, really weird if she said no. But she said yes, and that was it. The rest is history. Amazing. Now you built one of the most amazing communities around fitness after this, right? What was the thought? Was there a thought about building a community, or did it just happen as you started growing? It was always about community. Hmm. For me, what I have realized over my time as as someone who's been training, there's certain people can do it really well alone. But there are certain people who just need other people to help them. You need that. We're social animals, right? I think COVID was a perfect example. We got a little frustrated because we were always at home with ourselves, and we needed people. And the minute things kind of opened up, people were happier. They were going out. They were doing things. So I saw that a lot. And what I saw in the fitness community in a place like India or Mumbai was people came to the gym to be seen. Hmm. It's very different. People didn't come to train. People came to just be seen. And you know, I. I spent two hours in the gym and I did this and I did that. Having been a lawyer, I know that we don't have two hours of time every single day. Sometimes we have twenty minutes, and you got to make the most of it. So I wanted to build a community of people who would help each other get better. I didn't want to build a community of people who would just come there and giggle and show off and you know have fun. Yes, fun's a very important aspect to it, but the work has to happen. So for me, it was about building that community which would help people get better. I think the biggest fault or the biggest problem we have when we are trying to get fitter as human beings is our peers, hmm. right? Our family—they're the ones who stop you the most. Like, what's one drink going to do? Like, oh, what's one piece of cake? Come on, it's my birthday. Do this, do that. I wanted to build a community of people who said, you know what? You don't need that piece of cake. You don't need to drink alcohol to have fun. Let's have fun together and let's actually understand what's going on. So that was always well the intention. I didn't expect it to happen the way it did, but that was always the intention. What are some of the pillars of community? Have you thought about, you know, what are the aspects that really made this so successful? Let the people be themselves. So it wasn't a regulated community. No. Like we see so many communities that have these rules that you follow, etc., etc., etc. No, we, our rule is only to come out, train hard, have fun, mingle, go home, hmm. live life. Right? If you kind of try and put too many rules together, no one's going to come. For me it was about come here, this is your safe space, you can do what you want. just kind of don't hurt yourself train listen to the coach so for that you've got to also have a strong leader someone who's willing to kind of just say you know what when it's have time to have fun let's have fun when it's time to work let's work and we've tried to do that i think one of my favorite examples of building that community is through covid we've done a bunch of programs we still have a lot of online programs we've had online programs before covid even started and we've had this one group on every program that we've done and these girls have been together for i think 3 or 4 years now They've been on every program we've done. They've never met each other ever. And this whole bunch of girls went to Vegas together and had a girls night and there were 20 of them. Amazing. And they'd never met each other before that. So for me that's awesome, right? If you ask me what's the best part about building this is it's exactly that. They don't need me. They don't need the coaches. They need each other. And that's what we want to build. We want to build people helping people. That's amazing. It's almost like the coach is just one aspect of everything that has happened. 
it's them doing it themselves that is actually making it move forward. Always has to be, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the way I look at it, the good coaches, the good leaders in the world are the ones who let people be themselves mm-hmm. and just kind of make sure nothing goes crazy, right? You've got to manage people. Coaching is as much about managing people. If you look at the best coaches in the world, for me, Alex Ferguson was one of my favorite coaches ever. One of the best band managers in the world. May not have been the best technical coach, mm. but the best man manager in the world. So for me, that's important. I think if you manage the people and manage their expectations, you can get them to do things you want them to do and what they want to do as well. So as a coach, right, what are five things that you wish every person who comes to you realized and knew? You know, like, oh, I wish you just knew this dhakkan. Like, you know, what is that aspect? I wish I could say dhakkan all the time. <laughs> uh, that the Parsi in me would come out. But there are a bunch of things. I think for me, I want people to come in and just A, be themselves. I think that's the most important thing. I don't expect them to be someone they're not. I want them to come in with the intention of getting better every single day. I think you get better. Stop focusing on the weight. Stop focusing on, you know, how much you weigh and what you look like. And, you know, those are things that will happen in time. So come in there wanting to do the work and get better every single day and accept people for who they are, right? You can't want to be part of a community and control every single person in that community. It doesn't work that way. You can't, even if you want to. So you've got to be able to manage different attitudes, different people, different likes and dislikes. And once you do that, everything kind of falls into place. So that's it. Actually, those are very three simple things. I want them to come in there and just be themselves. They work hard. They accept each other. They're willing to help each other because that's important. You form what you need to and you'll be good. You know, about 90% random number that I'm throwing out there, people start their workouts and exercise, etc. from an aesthetic goal. Right? They always have an aesthetic goal that they are after. Yeah. How did you start that mindset shift for them about saying that don't focus on aesthetics? Did you get pushback? What was it like? Well, you always get pushback. Hmm. And you know what? I look at it this way. May not be the smartest approach, but if that gets them through the door, hmm. then it's my job as a coach to make sure I change their attitude. And that's what I've always focused on, right? Can you run five kilometers better? Can you lift better? Can you move better? That's what I care about. So yes, it takes a lot of time to change mindsets. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to change lifestyles. I'm not in this to make, you know, there are thousands of people out there saying, I've got people to lose overall over my lifetime, got people to lose 100 kilos or 200 kilos or 500 kilos, you know, as a group. I just want people to move. And as long as they're happy and they're doing things that they want to do, the way I look at it as, I mean, I became a dad at a pretty old age, I'd say, at about 33, 34, when I had my first baby. When he's 16 years old, if he's kicking my ass on a sports field, I would be very upset, right? So I want to be able to do those things myself, even when I'm 50 and he's 16, and I still want to be better than him. So for me, that is fitness. And that's where I want to reach. I don't really care about what my body looks like when I'm 50. When you're moving from this point, right, you know, like the aesthetic goal to the movement goal, yeah. How do you first define movement and why is movement so important for everybody? We were built to move. Hmm. Human beings were built to move. We weren't built to sit on a chair. Though we do that all the time and you and I are doing that right now. But we weren't built to sit on a chair. We weren't built to sit in front of laptops. If you look back, I mean, in history, we were hunter-gatherers. We moved. We found our food. We've got spoiled now. We're in the instant generation. Sit down and someone gives you food. Sit down and this comes in. And, you know, now we don't even need to travel for work. Everything's on a laptop. So... Things have kind of changed over time, but human beings are human beings. We, I mean, the way we're designed hasn't changed. It's not changing. So I think it's very important that people understand that movement's important. I don't care whether they train. I don't care whether they go to a gym or not. That's not important to me. What's important to me is, are they actually making use of their limbs? Are they moving? It's human nature. It's what we're required to do. And as long as we're doing that, 
for me, that's good enough, right? So whether you want to dance, you want to do yoga, you want to do Pilates, you want to do kettlebells, you want to do RFT, you want to lift weight, that's up to you. Choose whatever you want to choose. I'm not asking people, I'm not even saying people have to do one of my programs or work with me. I'm very happy as long as they start moving. So even a bunch of my students who've been with me in the past have kind of gone on to do different things and, and different kinds of movement and different kinds of exercise. I'm very happy. I want them to be independent. That's what we're designed to be. So for me, that's good enough. You know, like when people start this whole journey towards movement, they think that, you know, I've gone to the gym, I've worked out for one hour. Yeah. But they have to get movement through the day, right? They have to get more than that, just one hour of movement in yeah. their life. Are there some habits that you typically tell people to do? Are there things that you tell them to, you know, incorporate into their life apart from just in standing desk? What, what else can they do? Talking from personal experience, I think a standing desk helps. It's not ideal because at the end of the day, someone, people get really, really tired. A few other things you can do is when you're taking a conference call, walk. We all have headsets now. We all have Bluetooth. You have a thousand other things. Don't sit on the desk and take the stand. I mean, the conference call, you can walk around unless you're in a Zoom and you're on a screen. That might be a little weird. Take the stairs in office. Sometimes if you've got to walk up two floors, walk up two floors instead of kind of taking a lift. I get very irritated when people take a lift to the first floor. I'm like, unless you're genuinely handicapped, I don't see why you need to take a lift to the first floor. Third thing that I like, and I heard this recently, I've never done it, but I think it's a really, really cool concept. And it really helps from a fitness standpoint is, you know, say we spend eight hours in the office, right? We get in at 8.39, we're there till about 4.35. When you get in, go to your desk, put your laptop down, put your bag down, go back down to the ground floor and run up a flight of stairs. 20 seconds, right? It's not going to sweat. You're not going to be out of breath. But 20 seconds, just go as fast as you can. If that's a walk, that's a walk. If that's a run, that's a run. Done. Walk yourself back down, go back to your desk and sit. Carry on with the rest of your day, work. Just before lunch, go do that same thing again. Just before leaving office, go do that same thing again. So in a day, you've done one minute of climbing stairs. Just one minute. Doesn't take much of your time, doesn't do anything, but actually helps you from a fitness standpoint. So you're moving through the day. Hmm. I don't buy this whole thing of I can't walk upstairs, right? I think if you're a human being, you designed to walk, walk, you'll be fine. So that's another thing that I find really interesting. And I actually asked a few people to do, and they came back to me saying that they've done it and it's been very helpful. So it's one minute a day, every single day, it doesn't really affect you. So that's one thing. But you know what? It honestly helps people. And, you know, do the basics. Like if you're talking to someone, maybe, you know, if you're having your coffee, just walk around office. Don't be a pain. Don't talk to people and irritate them when they're kind of sitting. But you can walk. Mm. I used to have a really bad back growing up as a kid, but that's primarily because we didn't have coaches growing up. As a 16-year-old or 15-year-old going into a gym, I didn't have any coaches. I kind of just learned by experience and experience generally meant I hurt myself a few times. So I had a busted back and the one thing I used to do a lot was every 20 minutes, I'd get up from my desk, go for a troll for about 30 seconds, come back, sit back down. So what that also did is kept me going, kept me flowing and got in as much movement as I could through the day. So these are tips that I've kind of followed. The running stairs one, I haven't yet, but I will try it. <laughs> but I'm very active through the day. So I think I'm okay to skip that right now. Immediately after the podcast. <laughs> the stairs. All right, we're going to come back to the podcast after a quick break. Welcome back to the Habit Coach Podcast. Let's continue. So somebody's just starting off their fitness journey. Yeah. They're not into fitness at all. When you told them gym, you thought they thought you were a mad person, right? So they're just starting off their fitness journey. What are two, three habits that you would tell them to immediately incorporate? Well, the first thing I'd say is kind of start small. Hmm. People have this whole thing of I'm going to go flat out from day one. 
and then I'm going to sit in bed for the next five days because I'm too sore. So I'd say start small, maybe five minutes, ten minutes, fifteen minutes. Anything is good. So that's my first thing. Don't go crazy. Don't go all out. You know, first of January, everyone's favorite time to start training. I see the gym packed. Tenth of January, gym is empty. That's it. New Year resolution is done. So start small, so you can kind of keep it consistent. The second thing I'd say is whatever you're doing, try and be consistent with it. You don't have to do it every day, but don't skip more than two days or two days in a row. That's something that I picked up from this book called Atomic Habits. I love that book. I think it's a great book to read. And it was just very simple. Don't make the same mistake twice. You skip gym day today or training day today. Don't skip it again because then it becomes a habit, and then that Monday never comes, right? And the third thing I'd kind of tell them is do something you love, right? You don't have to go to a gym. If it's dance that you love, then shut your doors, sit in your room, blast that music and dance. No problem. That's still movement. If it's yoga that you love, then go ahead. Start that. If it's a sport that you love, and I think most people in India love a sport, go play that sport, right? If it's cricket, it's badminton, it's any sport that you like. I mean, be more active with your kids. My favorite thing during lockdown used to be cleaning my own house. Right? I used to clean my own house, swap it, mop it, everything. You start appreciating your maids and your workers after. I promise you, it's not as easy as it looks, and they make it look really easy. So that's a workout in itself. And we actually made people do that on the programs, like clean your house on a Saturday. <laughs> and they were like, dude, this is the toughest workout of the week. Everything else is doable. So small things, but that they really help in the long run. Now you said that figure out something that you enjoy doing, mm-hmm. right? So two questions. One is that many people say, I don't have a hobby. I don't have a passion. Mm. So that is one separate topic. But the thing is that how long should you give a particular thing that you've just taken up before you decide to stop and move on to something else? I did yoga for how long before I moved to Pilates? I did Pilates how long before I tried doing going to the gym? It depends. I love giving this answer. It depends hmm. because it's very subjective. Everyone is different. And I can't give you one straight jacket answer that'll fit for everybody. But when it comes to, let's take training, okay? You're going to a gym to train. The one thing that I have never understood with people is this obsession to do something new every time you go into the gym. Oh, this is boring. I just did this yesterday. It's okay. Do it. Because you only become better when you repeat something, right? You're not going to get better if every day you're doing something different. So you've got to repeat the same movements to get better at it. How long should you kind of keep repeating till you change? I'd say anything between six to 10 weeks before you make any sort of changes. Because your body has to understand what you're doing. Your body, someone who's never been to a gym can't go in there and suddenly every day want to do a different variation of squat or jump. It's like a kid. Look at a kid. A kid crawls first then stands, then walks, then runs. And they crawl for a good six months. I have a newborn, so I know. They crawl for a good six months, six to eight months. So give your training routine at least six to 10 weeks before you jump into something else. Six to 10 weeks, about two months-ish. Yeah, about is two a to good three idea. months. Two, two to three, three months, months is a good least. idea. Before you even start understanding what you're doing. Okay, if you don't like it, that's a different thing. Hmm. But give it that time. And, and, you know, we're kind of people who, when we see change, we like it. That's the only thing people care about, right? My body's changed, so I like this. This is working for me, so I'll continue till that change stops happening and then you want something new. So I also look at it from a lawyer's perspective. We went into office every day and did the monotonous stuff every single day. Every day was not a groundbreaking transaction or a transaction that went into the press. It's the same usual stuff. And then once in a while, you got that groundbreaking piece to do. Same thing with training. Do the boring stuff every single day because there will be one day when you'll be able to do the things you want to do, but that takes time to come to. So the patience is needed. Do 100%. the boring stuff. 100%. Enjoy the boring stuff. I think it's one of the key aspects yeah. of it. I read this quote, which I really like. 
even if you hate to do something, do it like you love it. Hmm. And that's discipline, right? It doesn't matter whether you hate it, love it, just do it like you love it and it'll kind of happen. Very interesting. Is there an aspect of fitness that you put more emphasis on, like building muscle or flexibility or cardio, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? For me, it's always been about strength. Hmm. I think people need to get stronger. Girls in specific, considering they get scared to lift weight for some reason. So strength and be as mobile as possible. I don't think you can kind of straight jacket training into one particular principle. I think all of them are important. But you can have certain things that you focus a little more on. So if it was for me, again, it depends on what my training cycle is like and what I'm working towards as a goal. But in general, if I had to kind of work with the general population, I'd say the one thing I want them to focus on is getting stronger mm -hmm. because I think there is a lot of emphasis on size zero. There's a lot of emphasis on, you know, being thin, being skinny, because that's what the norm is, especially with women. I think stronger women are so much cooler than skinny women. There's no bias here. There's no judgment here. But I just think that, you know, we need to get over this fixation of losing weight and kind of focus on getting stronger and more mobile because that's what we were meant to do. So strength, mobility, I think would be far more higher up in the scheme of things than... Oh, weight loss? 100%. <laughs> weight, weight loss, loss is, right, sure. is right down there. It's strength, mobility, power. You choose what you want to work on. But weight loss, right down in the order. So now somebody has just started working out. They've worked out for about a year, two years, etc. What is the next step for their evolution? Keep at it, right? It's very easy to start. It's very difficult to maintain. But they've been doing it for now two years. So they're like, so now I'm like a pro at this. I don't think you're ever a pro. But, <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny because people come to me and saying, dude, I'm an advanced level athlete. I said, how many years have you been working on? Two, three. How old are you? 25. I've been working on for 27 years. I still don't consider myself to be an advanced level athlete. Right. So I think people's perception, yes, you should vary things. You should change things up. You should mix and match. So the only way I look at training and my favorite thing about training is get comfortable with the uncomfortable. Right? If that's what you're doing in training every day, then you're improving. If you're getting into this comfort zone where you're doing the same thing again and again, your body's used to it, you're happy with it, you're not really challenging yourself, you're not going to change. So if you can do that and challenge yourself every day to get that 1% better every single day, I think you'll be good. So keep the challenge on as you're yeah. going through. What are some of the more advanced stuff that you're looking at? You were telling me a few things before the podcast started. What are all these interesting training modalities that you're doing? I mean, there are a bunch of them, right? Training is training. You'll always have something new coming up every single day. I think the one thing that doesn't change and one thing to me that's never changed is working on your strength. There are different ways of working on your strength, right? So one of the ways that I've really been passionate about and something that I've really worked on over the last three or four years, introduced to me by a gentleman called... Joseph Sakoda, he's also known as Darulk. He started something called RFT, which is raw functional training. The way I was introduced to this was I was flipping through Instagram one day and I was just looking at some of the stuff and I was looking at things to kind of improve my own knowledge base. And I came across this guy crawling a mile on the road. I said, dude, I want to do this. This looks really cool. But I was like, but this is really easy. Like, what's the big deal? He's just crawling. It's not even using weight. The first time I did it, I was like, this is too much. So I kind of tried to get in touch with the guy. I tried to kind of you know, understand more about it. And he was really sweet about it. He kind of, you know, was very nice, very approachable. And I did his level ones. I did his workshop. I got certified. And he's the exact opposite of me. I'm the more serious, normal. He's gregarious. He's happy. He's always kind of, you know, full of life. So we get along really well in that sense. And and I look at him as a mentor. So he started RFT and, and I wanted to kind of spread that movement in India. So we started RFT India. RFT is all about using body weight. It's all about kind of creating your own space. You can literally work out in this space. There's four by four and you're good to work out. And I thought that would work really well in a country like India because we're always constrained for space. Mm -hmm. 
not everyone has the money to go to a gym and not everyone has money to buy equipment at home so what better way than to work with your body and it's tough it requires 10 15 minutes a day and it works on your sensory system so when i say sensory i mean audio visual as well as your physical so that's a pretty interesting concept of work and and it's something that i'm really really passionate about and we've been doing workshops all over the country now and we're hoping to get a lot of people interested in the movement so what are the principles behind just move use your own body and learn to pay attention to what you're doing i think the one thing that i like about rft is it it tests your mental resilience that's that's the first thing that kind of stood out for me because at some point your body's given up anyway but the mind pulls you through right happens with everybody so for me rft is all about that mind it's all about you being able to focus because it's it's a lot of instructions it's a lot of movement from horizontal to vertical and you're kind of constantly crawling and doing things so it takes a lot out of you and you've got to remember stuff as well so you know most workouts kind of just you know what you're doing you go into a gym you just lift you lift you lift this is i need to move but i also need to think about what's coming next mm. right so i need to be switched on i can't just listen to music and randomly do stuff and that's what we've kind of gotten to as a community because we kind of just go to gym blast music on our earphones and work out we're not actually connected so that's what i like about rft so there's a lot of mind muscle connection there's a lot of resilience that you're building and you're working on your brain at the same time as you're working on your physical aspect so for me that's amazing amazing animal flow rft similar different people confuse the, the two mm-hmm. but the very different modalities great both great forms i have just been someone who's enjoyed rft more than animal flow but they're both great forms of training and i think they're both equally effective and the principles are the same similar ish you're kind your... of using your your body over a small space and you're kind of challenging yourself by trying to balance your body in space as well so similar concepts mm. but done very differently all right so that was part 1 with sorab now join us for part 2 where we continued understanding his ideas on fitness Now if you like this podcast don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IBM network you can listen to us on ibmpodcast.com you can also follow us on social media we are ibm podcast on twitter and instagram if you want to reach out to me i am at ashdin doc on twitter and instagram You can also go to my website awesome180.com. Now I have just published my first book. It is called Change Your Habits, Change Your Life. Please do check it out on Amazon and wherever else you get your books. 